What's up, you media family? Vladimir Prognevsky here, and welcome to episode number 37 of the Ukrimedia podcast, where I serve a Ukrimedia family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Today's guest is Haley Akins. She's a motion designer, animator, and the founder of Motion Hatch, an online learning hub for motion designers and animators, helping them do better business through training materials, resources, a community, and podcast. Haley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your time, and let me know if I missed anything from the intro. No, that was great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. That was a really good intro. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Well, Haley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast in such a short notice. We're literally connected last night and, uh, well, last night, my time, you're in London. So we're like six, seven hours difference, but I appreciate it. I know this was a long time coming. I reached out to you a while back and I'm just so excited to finally have you on. And Joey Cornman, I think is the one that recommended you for the podcast. I'm so excited he did, he did that. So Let's start from the very beginning. I'd love to learn more about your journey. How did you get started in motion graphics? Well, I'm originally from Durham, which is in the northeast of England, and I live in London now. So it's kind of like, you know, come a little bit more down the country. But basically, I left Durham when I was 18 and went to university at Staffordshire, and that's kind of in the Midlands. And I did a film production technology degree. So it wasn't really an animation degree, which, you know, I know that a lot of people don't study motion design or animation, but they kind of get into it. But it was very practical, which was helpful because I feel like I'm not very good at writing essays and things like that. So I liked the creative side of it and I liked making films and things like that. And we learn a bit of After Effects and Photoshop and Illustrator. So that was really great. And I think that's what helped me get my first job, which was at a sports broadcasting company. And I was a junior graphics operator, which is like when you basically are in like a live kind of environment and you're using the system called the Clarity and you get uh, the motion designers make the graphics and then you plug it into this clarity system and it's kind of in a live gallery environment wow. and it was for football matches and things like that, which nice. I don't really like sports, but <laughs> that was my first job. You know, that's funny because you said that you didn't like sports because my twin brother, Sergey, he worked for Fox Sports for three years. So he worked in like the Super Bowl and all the American sports like the baseball. And he actually worked on, well, we call soccer, I guess, but football. And it's funny because like half the time he didn't even know the rules himself. Like baseball, he doesn't understand very well. And he worked on some, some of the baseball packages. Anyway, so I just think it's funny that people work on these packages that really don't, are not huge fans of the sport, but yet they make it work and it looks beautiful. Now, what was it like working in such a live environment, by the way? Yeah, it was good, but I think it was a pretty scary first job, if I'm honest. And I, I was kind of relieved when I um, became a junior motion designer, because it was kind of in the same department, but I, you know, I just thought, where's the most creative job? And it was more making the graphics rather than putting them out in a kind of gallery environment. So, Have you ever made a mistake that went through live? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, I I remember that really vividly, actually, because what happens is it kind of comes on the screen like a couple of seconds later. So I was in front of the director, I think. And um, I put something out that had the wrong date on it. And I was like, oh, my God. Did it go through live all the way? Yeah, yeah. It went out live on like Sky Sports or something. And um, because it was kind of from like, we were doing the graphics live for some reason, but I think it was from like a replayed game from like a while ago. And maybe it was like, you know, they were showing some old footage or something. 
and I turned around and the director was just just said to me was that the wrong date like the wrong year it wasn't even like oh my gosh did it go on YouTube (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I think this was ages ago so I think people didn't care as much back then about that but yeah he was just like was that live and I was like yeah and it went out and then we just changed it like in post for the replays and stuff and it was okay but yeah it was pretty nerve-wracking I'm sure your heart dropped at that yeah yeah it did (laughs) you know it reminds me of a story you know I I started as a graph well I started as a cameraman then moved to graphic design and web design and web development and the most it's kind of like the same thing with with you with doing things live same thing with print once you print something you can't undo it you know what I mean it's just like it's done like it's forget it. and I remember I worked in this print shop and the guy misspelled the author's name on a book that they print we printed like 5,000 copies and oh my, oh God. my gosh that was <laughs> like when he got the email the phone or I think it was a phone call the next day the, the author called himself was like uh did you work on myself I was like yeah I was like did you, you realize that you you know totally misspelled my name and they were already I think they were like in Hawaii they're about to do some book launch thing and they already had the books there didn't have any backups and and his heart just totally dropped he's like man that was the worst phone call to get first thing in the morning (laughs) so I can only imagine how how that feels yeah yeah that sounds worse I think yeah because it costs a lot of money uh but and that's why I liked working as a a web designer or developer or designer doesn't matter on the website you can quickly change things and it doesn't really matter unless it goes out like on e-blast like on a newsletter if it goes out to thousands of people then it's at that point just like well what do you do (laughs) yeah well speaking of things that are kind of uh bad let's transition to a uh the darkest moment in your creative journey. I want you to tell us a story of your worst moment in your creative career. I mean, it could be anything from dealing with a client or just something that impacted you greatly to this day. Don't hold back any punches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I don't know. I was trying to think about this one. I think it was probably not really like one thing, but one thing that I really hated when I used to work full time, I really hated it when you had to work really late at night mm. and stuff. And then you get have to get up really early in the next day to like go in early as well and kind of work on projects, you know, like that. And I don't do that anymore as a freelancer, but obviously you're not really as in control of your time when you're working full time. That's just what comes into my mind, like kind of the the darkest moments when you're sat there with another animator and you're like, we've been here for like 15 hours already and we've got to come in really early the <laughs> next day, you know, that kind of thing just springs to mind. Just bring, just bring like a sleeping bag and just <laughs> sleep in the office. Yeah, no, but I, I haven't totally done understand that, that actually. Oh, you had, you, you've done that before? No, I haven't. Oh, you thankfully. haven't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be a nightmare. How did you overcome that? Getting a new job? I think it was just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go freelance. No. <laughs> Um, obviously that's not the best way to always deal with that stuff but for me what I think is comes down to uh, project management actually because um, not that I'm not saying it wasn't you know my fault and it was someone else's fault but it's you know if if projects are managed properly then that kind of thing shouldn't be happening really because you should have enough resources and enough time but you know everyone knows it happens every now and again and we've just got to push through sometimes but yeah, luckily as a freelancer, I haven't had as much of that problem. So, See, I had that at the very, very beginning. I worked. See, a lot of times when you're trying to get your foot in the door, 
you go with whatever, whoever takes you right at first. And sometimes they're not the best companies to work for. And I feel like it's uh, in a way you have to work somewhere you hate first to figure out what you really, truly want to do with your life. And it took one company where it was just like that, where I remember my wife would call me, text me and she was like, it's seven o'clock. When are you coming home? I'm like, ah, oh, maybe like in an hour. Then it was like eight o'clock. It's like, when are you coming home? It's like, ah, oh, maybe in an hour. And it was like nine o'clock. And I just remember thinking, wow, this is terrible. Like I've been here since 7 a.m. and I'm still here. And is this what I honestly, because this was my first job ever. And I honestly thought that this was because the guy that was working across from my desk, he said that it's like, dude, it doesn't matter where you go, any creative uh, shop, it's the same way, long hours. And so I was discouraged thinking that it's the same way. And it wasn't until I finally got a different job that I learned that it's not like that everywhere. It takes a job like that to figure out what you truly want to do. And that's when you create boundaries and so that, that was my experience. And uh, let's just say I didn't last at that first job very long. Now let's transition to something more positive. Let's, uh, I'd love to hear your best project that you worked on to date. Well, um, I think it's more like a group of projects because recently I've been working with a great company called Beyond Words and they are like a data visualization studio, which sounds boring, but it's actually <laughs> really, really interesting because they work with people like the United Nations and the Gates Foundation and they do stuff like we did some animations about sustainable energy and, you know, we've done stuff about gender equality and things like that. And it's always taking like really solid data and making a really good story out of it. And I, I really get a lot out of those kind of projects. So I currently pinpoint one, but kind of working mm -hmm. with that studio has been really great and definitely one of my favorite clients. So it's more like favorite client instead of favorite project. But I think that's better, right? right? Because if you true. have a favorite client, you know, then there's many projects. That's true. Speaking of clients, now you've been freelancing. How, how many years have you been a freelancer now? I think it's like three. I think I checked the other day. In my head, I thought it was four, but I think it's three. It might three be between years. three or four. Yeah, maybe like three and a bit. <laughs> what was the, hard, the hardest thing transitioning from a nine to five to a freelance? If someone's right now on the fence thinking about doing it, like what, what's, uh, what's something they need to keep in mind? Well, I was talking to someone the other day about this, actually. And I think one thing that people don't really think about is, you know, maybe the cost of buying a, like a machine, like a computer and those kind of things. And maybe like having an office space and things like that. Like you don't need that. Obviously, you don't need an office space, but you definitely need a computer. You need the software programs and things like that. So I, I think I saved like about £3,000 or something to make sure that I could get a really like high end laptop and stuff like that because I was using the machines at work obviously and yeah I was just talking to someone the other day and they were like no one ever talks about that and I was like huh yeah they hmm. don't really they're all like you know obviously you need to save up a bit of a runway I always think even if you know that you're going to get clients just to make sure you can pay your rent but then that's on top of that you have like the cost of computers and software and things like that. Now clients I don't know how it is in, in the UK, but how do you go about finding new clients? I mean, I, I know with the internet, it's probably easier now because you can really network online, but are there any tips or tricks or advice that you can give us to find new clients? Yeah. So I think um, one of the things I've been thinking about recently is trying not to be as like generalists, you know, because I think what everyone does is they kind of think, okay, well, I'm just going to like hit up every animation studio, every kind of agency, things like that. And I, although I think that's good, certainly one way to go, but what I've been thinking about might be kind of better avenues 
to go along is kind of niching down a little bit. So I'd probably say hmm. think about like the companies and stuff that you might want to work with and they might not necessarily be like a big animation studio or something like that. They might be like, you know, like one of my clients, like a data design studio or like, you know, I don't know, like a surf brand or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if you're into surfing, why don't you like hit up some like surf companies that post a lot on YouTube right. and ask them if they need animation, you know, instead of kind of everyone going for the same companies all the time, because, you know, nowadays everybody needs motion design everyone needs animation everyone's on instagram they need stuff that moves so i think it's just about about being a bit cleverer and kind of mm. thinking about what kind of clients do you want to work with and seeking them out really no it's interesting in this day and age you do kind of have to be clever and it's interesting something i discovered by listening to james altisher that really works and i, I try to just not really trying to get client, but I clients, but I got a client by doing this. And what I would do, I would reach out to a person or a client that I follow and really like or services that I use. And that take time. And I write 10 ideas how I would improve their service. You know, this was for my web design and development. And so I would do that. And then I would email it to him. I was like, Hey, I'm just, I'm a big fan of what you guys do. I'm a designer, kind of slowly introduce myself. And and then just say, Hey, here's some 10 ideas that I think will improve your services. I always get a response right away. And almost every time they, they try to work with you somehow, I was like, Hey, do you want to see if you can design something for us? You know, what are your rates? You know? And, um, so I thought that was a clever way to get somebody's attention because most people just want to ask, but instead of asking, how about just going a step further and coming up with some creative ideas to reach out or pitch to those clients. Now, everybody always wants to know, obviously when, when, when you reach out with ideas, what are your rates? Now, how do you go about asking for, or how do you come up with rates? What, is there a formula? It seems like it's such a sensitive topic and that's something I struggle with this day. Like, is there any kind of advice or tips or resources that I can go to read up on more to learn more about pricing? Yeah, so I think pricing is like a super tough one, right? Because the, everyone charges lots of different things everywhere and it's kind of a bit like country based as well so we have a community in motion hatch and it's really nice there because people can come into the community and kind of ask people who might be in their country or in their area and things like that like get hooked up into little groups so i recommend doing that like asking the people around you but as well i think a good strategy to have is probably try and charge a little bit more than you think that you can get so you kind of have like this higher rate and then you have like the rate that you want which is like a little bit lower right and then you have a bottom rate where you think I'm just not going to go below that because I think for me that makes it really easy to negotiate so I just do that all the time I just have like my rate that I ask for which you know generally a little bit higher than something that I'd be happy with and then kind of normally you either get normally clients just give you that and you don't get any negotiation but if they do negotiate, at least then you have in your head, it's really clear. It's like, you know, a set of rules or something. You're like, yep, it's super clear. I know what to do. I know if they say lower than my kind of bottom rate, then I'm just going to say no, you know? Hmm. You know, with dealing with clients, you become, sometimes you become close friends with them. And at the end, at least this for me, it was, that's a struggle to negotiate a good rate. And I always felt like I sold myself short because you know them very well. You don't want to lose them in a way, but at the same time, you want to give them a good deal. But then I learned that, you know, it's it's better just to 
go in the meeting prepared exactly like you said, exactly what you want and uh, not just go there kind of like, you know, well, let's see what happens. And that's for me, every time I went with that kind of attitude, I always walked away as a loser <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's like if even if they're your friends, right? I mean, it depends on different businesses and things like that. Obviously, you've got to think about what the businesses you're approaching and you don't want to like charge them something that they really can't afford but if they're your friends and they respect what you do i i believe that they would pay you what you're worth you know and i don't think people should worry about that like one of my favorite clients you know i raise my rates every year and i send them an email every year and and they have no problem with that oh wow that's pretty impressive so you know just ask that's true. I mean, I think it's it's all about just being transparent and communication. <laughs> and it's something that we can always improve on. Now, share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Hmm, that's tough. <laughs> personal habit. Mm. Putting on I a don't know whether this. Yeah, no, I don't know whether this is really a personal habit, but I think like I always just try my best at everything and it's kind of lame right but like <laughs> no, it's, it's just like you know you just have to be like I'm just gonna try my best and then no matter what happens at least that I know that I've done that and I think I've always just done that I think my dad told me that when I was little you know he's like all you can do is just try your best and it's kind of lame but I think I just stuck by that and whenever I get like a bit like freaked out or I'm like oh my god I can't do this thing I just think all you can do is try your best just go for it you know and I think it's just setting goals for yourself and like breaking down those goals so you know what I normally do is like have like yearly goals and then quarterly goals and then monthly goals and weekly goals and just trying to push through those little goals to get towards your big goals and that really helps me. Do you have a morning routine that you follow? I'm trying to develop one because I know this is like a good thing to do, right? So I'm trying to meditate in the morning, which I really am enjoying at the moment. So I found it a bit hard to start with, but I found this app called Insight Timer, which is really good because it's meditations from people from all around the world. So it's not like the same person doing like a guided meditation. So you can, it's free as well, which is great. Um, They have some paid courses, but they're like, really cheap but most of it is free so you can just download the app and then it has a little timer on it as well so if you just want to do some breathing meditation just like with a timer so you're just concentrating on your breath like going in and out then you can just do that as well which is really simple and I think just doing that every morning is just so helpful just to relax your mind and because I'm always thinking about everything all the time like oh I've got to do this I've got to do that but so that just really helps me when I get up just to think okay I'm going to do that and I like the variety on that app as well because I'm like sometimes you know you can do a meditation on like self-compassion or you can do a meditation on like clarity or all sorts of different things or a buddhist meditation or anything so yeah it's it's a great app it's a really good one i can't sit still for more than five minutes uh, i'll go fishing you try this app i need i need to because i can go fishing <laughs> with somebody and five minutes later i'm like no fish we're done let's go <laughs> let's go uh it's terrible i, I think it will serve me well I, I, it's just something about the 21st century because everything's on the go you're always on the go. You're always on to the next thing that you forget to take time and to think. And I think that's something that maybe I should look into. 
Yeah, definitely. It's just like sitting quietly and just having a moment for yourself, really, and just being in the in the space in the moment rather than thinking about all the things you've got to do. Yeah, and I have two kids, so it's uh, it's hard to be in the moment. Uninterrupted time is rare. I recently had to travel for work, and I just remember sitting in the hotel, and I was just like, wow. Like I have an hour to myself in the evening. Like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what to do with myself now. But anyway, but I always seem to waste that hour. <laughs> now, where do you get your inspiration from? My inspiration. Are there any YouTubers that you follow? Any influencers, artists? I don't know, really. I'm trying to think now. I listen to a lot of podcasts. What, so po- what podcasts are you listening to? I'm listening to one called Creative Pep Talk, which I really like. It has a guy named Andy J Pizza, which is just hilarious. I mean, why wouldn't you want to listen to that guy? <laughs> I listen to Smart Passive Income, which is Pat, Pat Flynn. Flynn's yeah. podcast. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good one. He has really good business advice and he's been interviewing a lot of freelancers and agencies huh. recently, which I found really, really helpful. Pat Flynn, he's like the, he's like the founding father of, he's like one of the first people that jumped out to podcast and do all this passive income kind of stuff. I love his. Well, I used yeah, to follow exactly. him closely early on. Anybody else do you follow? Who else? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just like listen to like other motion design podcasts, like School of Motion, and um, yeah. Who? What else? I don't know. Now I'm like wishing that I had my phone in front. Oh, no, no, no. I used like, to look into uh, James Altucher. Man, he's got a, he's got a really good podcast. He's the one that where I learned the ten ideas how to pitch to client or just the 10 creative ideas he writes he has this thing he has this does this daily exercise where he writes 10 ideas every single day he says that creativity is like a muscle the more you do it the more you exercise it the, the better creative thinker you become and it's interesting i started doing the same same thing what he does and it's true the more you uh, use your creativity the more it grows it really is like a muscle so i highly recommend look, looking into james altucher great guy now what's coming up for you Haley? Yeah, so I guess with the Motion Hatch podcast and we've got the community and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think when this comes out, I'll have the freelance contract bundle out, which is basically a set of contracts. One's a commission contract and one's a terms of service contract. So the commission one is a contract template, which is kind of for freelancers and small studios who work with clients on a project fee basis and need like a statement of work and terms and conditions and stuff like that. And then the terms of service template is terms and conditions for freelancers who generally work more in-house, like on an hourly or a day rate. So I kind of do both at the moment. So it's basically like I just wanted to make something that I could use as well and that would be helpful for the industry because I know a lot of people don't have contracts or they've kind of pieced them together from different sources online and I haven't really seen anything out there that was made specifically for motion designers and animators so I really really wanted to make something that was going to be really useful for them basically. And this is both for UK and United States right? Yeah, that's right. So basically what I did was I made the UK version first with um, a solicitor here called Sylvia Baumgart. And then I wanted to make a US version as well, obviously, because I was just kind of trying to hit like where the most motion designers were first. Like hopefully, you know, I'd like to expand out to different other countries too, but you know, hit the UK and the US first because I feel like that's helping the most people. Um, So I hired a lawyer in the US, Jamie Lieberman, to help me do the US version as well. So they're kind of um, 
they're very similar, but obviously there's some differences between the two versions because we had to make them work for those countries and, you know, but the general like clauses and stuff are the same. So, you know, it just helps you like define your work and deliverables and helps you charge clients up front and set up payment terms. And we have stuff about intellectual property and licensing in there and, you know, you know, helps you get paid on time and charge a cancellation fee and things like that. Awesome. And where can people find this? Yeah. So if they go to motionhatch.com forward slash contract, you'll see all the information there. And yeah, I think when this comes out, I'm going to be doing some little workshops and stuff, taking people through the contracts. And then the week after, if you grab it, it'll be this week. If you're listening to it on the week starting the 8th of October, then I'm going to do some live Q&As with the lawyers as well. So you can talk to them and ask any questions that you have. Great. And last question, how can people get in touch with you, Haley? Yeah, so if you just look up Motion Hatch everywhere, like Instagram, Twitter, and go to motionhatch.com. And yeah, if you sign up for our community, then it's like a free Facebook community. So if you go to motionhatch.com forward slash community, and you can sign up there, and then we send you an email, and you get an invite to the free Facebook group. And there's people in there talking every day and getting help with their you know, career things, their freelance problems, things like that. So yeah, it'd be great to see some people in there. All right, Haley. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Haley Akins. Make sure to check out Haley's website, motionhatch.com. Again, it's motionhatch.com. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at euchromedia.com slash 37. And while you're there, check out our course on After Effects Expressions. Over six hours of content, all for you. Go to euchromedia.com slash expressions. Don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to euchromedia.com slash community. We have well over 2,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Euchromedia podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.